Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, and hello. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We are now officially at like week five, I believe. It has now been like almost 30 days. As you listen to this, it'll be 30 days without me having access to my Twitter account. Um, are you okay? I mean, I'm doing better than I thought I would. Um, and to be clear, I can log in. I can see tweets. People can DM me. I can't DM back. I can't like. I can't reply. I can't repost. I can't quote post. Like it's This is like like you're off cocaine, but somebody yeah. comes to your house, taps on your window, and does cocaine while looking you in the eye Correct. every day. Correct. And and it's been especially bad because like today, as we record this on Wednesday, was was two wonderful things for me. One was like a, an actors on actors with Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt. But the bigger thing was that Taylor Swift was named People Magazine, not People Magazine, was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And I would have loved to tweet about that. I would have. I had to like use other platforms to talk about how gay I am because of those photos. But the bright side is we are living in a golden age for platforms that aren't Twitter, but look like <laughs> and allow you to imitate the same actions that you would take on Twitter. It's true. It's typing, true. But tweeting, right, but I, but I don't have this. It's true. But I don't have the same reach and I don't know all the rules. Like, for instance, we're not even going to talk about this as a story because we had so many other stories this week. But Meta released their own um, AI image generator today. So if you go to imagine.meta.com and then you have to log in with a Meta account, you can't use a Facebook account. You can't use an Instagram account. You've got to use a Meta account, which they're different. Um, that uh, I was able to, like, create, like, Shrek does 9-11 content, like, immediately and I know that I could share that on Twitter without any consequences, but I don't know the rules on the other platforms. Like, will Meta, like, you know, ban me if I post that on threads? That's true. And then you could get banned from one of those platforms. Right. And like... You could definitely share them on Tumblr, I will say. Uh, that's true. And I maybe I should share them on Tumblr. That'd I think be a good that place for them. The response would be good. In any case, we have a we packed do. show for you today because we have a couple updates and then we have three exciting stories uh we're going to be talking about uh how your government is betraying you by spying mm -hmm. on your push notifications <laughs> uh we are also going to be talking about possibly some of the most exciting news for divided households and by divided i mean android and apple households uh to come in recent years then for dessert we'll be talking about the teaser for amazon's new fallout tv show our beloved subscribers are boosties who pay for an ad-free show and a bonus segment every week are going to hear us talk about the leaked trailer and then the officially published trailer for gta 6 grand theft auto 6 that came out this week uh, if you want to learn more about how to access that program go to relay.fm slash membership that it's again relay.fm slash membership for an ad free show and a bonus every week uh brianna's internet is just crap in the bed so she is not with us this week uh which is a shame because we're gonna talk a lot about politics i was gonna say i was like what a week for Bree to not be able to join us because i really wanted to get her take on on some of this everything anger <laughs> that i have yeah. about our first story uh, but first, let me go through the little updates that we have. Yes. And we'll try to keep it brief. So uh, remember that TikTok ban <laughs> in Montana? A federal judge has blocked the ban on TikTok, setting the stage for that being 
more difficult to happen on a federal level, though never impossible. Judge Donald Malloy found that Montana's TikTok ban violated the First Amendment. Well, Montana yeah. is expected to repeal, uh, but meanwhile, several appeal. different bills. Uh, yes, appeal. Wow, I can't type or read. That, that was a typing it. Yeah, Montana is expected to appeal... Uh, But several different bills continue to make various little bits of progress through Washington. Uh, All are trying to target TikTok in a way that doesn't violate the Constitution. Uh, Godspeed. So, Christina, I think you you said you saw this one coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think like if we went back however long ago it was that this was initially proposed, I think that if we were to play the tape back right now, it would be something like me being like, yeah, this is a First Amendment violation. This will never stand. And yeah. that that's what the, the you know, um, uh, court has said. Now, obviously, yeah, there will be an appeal. And and it's really funny because the Montana, like, state house, they're trying to be like, well, you know, they, they, they said they'd be open to other arguments. So we feel like there might be like, – they're trying to come up with excuses where this is not dead in the water. Um, sure. This is dead in the water. As it should be. Now, what's concerning to me, and and we don't have a lot of time to spend on this because we have other things to yell at the government about, is that there are like some house bills that are being talked about that are trying to maybe be less specific about just TikTok. Which is worse. Yes, which is worse. (laughs) Which is worse, to be clear. I don't think it changes any of the underlying principles here. Like, this is a First Mm -hmm. Amendment issue. It seems pretty straightforward to me. But- this this is not something that people are willing to to you know kind of get over. Um, it, it is notable, and then I'm I'm just going to stop what I'm saying here. That in a week where there was a lot of discussion um, in in um, Congress about like the importance of free speech, uh, however you want to define it, that um, you know some of those same people are also like very gung ho to uh, completely control what kind of um, services we kind of active on our phones. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. And I will say just briefly to wrap it up, no matter how much what your personal feelings on TikTok or the uh, admittedly vast amounts of misinformation that can be spread through that platform, any door that's opened to allowing the government to restrict how we communicate with each other is a bad road to any door is a bad road. Okay, let's pick some metaphors here. That door is a bad door to walk through. Shut it behind Mm -hmm. you. Walk down a different road. Moving on to our second update story of the day. Uh, Following last week, we talked about Wrapped. This Monday, Spotify laid off 1,500 employees. This comes after two earlier rounds of layoffs in January and June. Uh, The CEO, Daniel Ek, says this this will not be the end of layoffs at Spotify. They'll continue making, quote-unquote, smaller reductions into 2024 and 2025. I just wanted to mention that because, like, we did talk about Wrapped last week, as we do every year. It is a great use of that product. And it feels wrong to celebrate that and not acknowledge the huge number of employees in the tech industry, yet again, let go from a successful and popular company, uh, the people making those products, uh, among people in other departments as well, who are like really good at what they do, uh, and who continue to be laid off in shockingly large numbers throughout the tech world this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that like, my opinion on a lot of this is that there was a ton of overhiring. And that was really, really bad for a lot of reasons. And that companies are are using, at this point, whatever excuse they can to try to kind of, you know, rectify that error, which was theirs. And, mm-hmm. you know, okay, fine. I get it. These are realities. Maybe do it all in one, like, false swoop. Like, I, I think the most, the most 
frustrating thing to me about this is that this is now the third time they've done this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like, just rip the Band-Aid off. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. But to continue to to drag it on and then to, on the one hand, try to, you know, tout your, your results and this and that. And then on the other hand, be like, oh, yeah, but we've got to lay people off. Like, it just feels wrong when you should just own up and be like, yeah, we overhired and we we shouldn't have done that. You know, Your like that doesn't make it any better. Are genuinely very happy. Yeah, I was going to say that's, <laughs> the, the stock is up. That's <laughs> the most unfortunate yep, part. The grim reality. Um, all right, let's move on to our main story of the day. Court records and a letter from Senator Ron Wyden indicate that the U.S. government, among others, is leaning on tech companies to provide push notification metadata to track smartphones and their users. The story was first reported by Reuters. Uh, 404 Media writes that Wyden, quote unquote, warns that the U.S. and foreign governments are making such surveillance demands around push notifications to Apple and Google. Why push notifications? Uh, all data is very, very valuable. And push notifications can indicate anything from the fact that you've received a message to the fact that, oh, you're using Google Maps to navigate to a location or you're getting you're following a certain news story or a certain social media platform or perhaps using an encrypted messaging app like Signal or Telegram. As Wyden says in his letter, it's about, quote unquote, how users are using particular apps he also says his staff has spent a year investigating uh, a tip that they investigating this issue because of a tip that they received about the surveillance. Uh, in response to this story going public, Google and Apple have both released statements about how they wanted to and would like to be more transparent. Apple said they had been prohibited by the government from sharing any information. Uh, it is not clear in uh, the court records or the letter exactly what method the government used to compel Google and Apple to stay silent on this particular issue. One of the things that Wyden calls for is aggregate statistics about how many such asks the companies get um, and that specific customers be notified if their data is requested, which is a, a beautiful pie in the sky, uh, blue sky uh, demand, I think. Um, anyway, mm -hmm. the letter also outlines that basically what happens is when a phone receives a push notification, it goes through the operating system servers, Tying it to metadata like the app that's being used, uh, the account of that that's logged into the phone that it's going to, et cetera, et cetera. So pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big indicators of of usership. So ungrate. That's the end of my summary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think I think you mentioned this, but like it should be noted, like Google requires a court order. Um, Apple a subpoena is fine. Um, not great at all. Uh, and, and I'm bothered by this on lots of levels. We were talking about the first amendment and the last story. This seems like a pretty clear violation of the fourth amendment on a lot of levels. Um, I mean, it's bad enough if our own government is surveilling us. Um, what's really problematic about this to me is it seems like they are letting other governments surveil us mm -hmm. and they are compelling us companies to give governments that data and then not allowing citizens to know about it. That's messed up. And and this is not a party line issue. This is something the Democrats and the Republicans are both in favor of. This is gross. It's grotesque. To me, it's like a complete violation of civil liberties. And it made me incredibly, incredibly, incredibly angry when I, I first heard about this this morning. And I am still very upset by it. Like this is one of those things that to me, and I could be wrong on this, but it feels like this is their way they're meaning governments, whether it's the U.S. Or, or other countries, to try to get around the fact that they don't have access 
to iMessage, Signal, WhatsApp, other encrypted messaging data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we've talked many, many times before on the show about how glad we are that Apple refuses to put in a backdoor to its phones to allow yeah. the government to surveil people, which I continue to believe is a good move. But this it truly is like the the handshake like behind the scenes that maybe makes the government be more lenient on them for not having done that um, because they have access to a different but also useful data vector. And it's when I think about like the kinds of things that, you know, the the piece mentioned that even like snippets of messages that are unencrypted right. could be visible in like in push notifications. OK, yeah. great. That's really bad. Um, they sh- no one they they should not have access to that kind of data, especially if we don't we like we don't really have any clear idea of the scope of reasons that someone could be monitored. I believe one of the cases what that uh, in in a warrant that was uh, demanded in California from the FBI was about theft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah. Usually that's I mean honestly, usually a lot of the the cases that people will get things um, turned over for will be simple theft cases. Yeah, and that's BS. Bad. First I agree. of all, <laughs> agree. Yeah, um, it is just appalling. And having just listened to, uh, <laughs> to be timely, I just finished listening to the behind the. I might have to bleep this bastards podcast uh, mini series on Henry Kissinger, um, and just the ridiculous, ridiculous oversteps of. Uh, of government and of law enforcement for the sake of maintaining and collecting more power. Uh, I, I'm at a, I'm at a low period. I'm at an ebb right now of my trust oh, yeah. in the government. I must say, <laughs> thanks Kissinger. You did one good thing for me, I guess <laughs> in dying. Um, and I am just appalled again, like the fact that it's our government and, uh, quote-unquote allies of our government does not reassure me the kinds of like countries that we collaborate with like look at the united kingdom that just passed some kind of law this week i believe that says it will not acknowledge gender markers on passports of people coming from countries where they've changed their gender and have like a valid legal id with a different gender on it from the one that they were born with the uk has said we're not going to we don't have to acknowledge that if we don't want to. That's BS. France is incredibly Islamophobic and anti-Semitic um, and has gross violations towards people immigrating from African nations. Like countries that are our allies <laughs> are not <laughs> not such great places always. No, um, no, and no. And, and frankly, I don't want anybody you know, freaking surveilling me. No, and frankly, I don't actually care if they're really our allies or not. Like, I don't want... And when they say, like, our, our allies, democratic allies, like, to me, that reads as, like, okay, so we're talking about the United Kingdom. We're talking about Canada, right? Um, uh, yeah. Canada, it feels like a definite one because that's probably closer. You know, there might be some crimes mm, that could go yeah, some cross border and whatnot. cheeky border crossing. Uh, totally. And, like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, that's... This is not your country. This is not your... Like, Interpol, if, if, they, if they need to get involved and whatnot, then again, like get a proper, you know, like court order. Like it's, yeah. it's that simple. Um, and, and people should be allowed to know that this is even happening. The fact that you are barring companies from telling people about it is messed up. I'm glad Google is at least requiring a court order. Um, and it won't just, you know, go on like a subpoena because those are incredibly easy to get. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, but, but, but and it is, how disappointed are we in Apple? <laughs> I mean, yeah, very right. Like, because it's not as if like they're alone in, in um, like the, the encryption fighting thing, like Google needs to fight that too, obviously. And so, you know, the quid quo pro thing, I, 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 I think that this is just maybe more indicative of the, the fact they've, had historically a strong relationship with law enforcement, which I think actually goes back to in 2016, why law enforcement was so angry when they refused to crack um, the the San Bernardino iPhones, which incidentally, mm. when that happened, and it happened the way that it should happen, which is that someone else comes with an exploit, a security company, and you can pay them to do that for you because that yeah. is on them. Um, it, there was nothing of value found, right? So, yep. which is how this is in most of these cases. Like I, I had, I was like, getting into some debates with some people on, platforms that are not twitter.com about this today and some people were were, were saying oh well, i'd rather the government than you know elon or zuckerberg because you know at least i'd have due process and and I, i'm sorry i couldn't help but laugh because you don't have due process that's the whole mm. point of this you don't have due process and if it's a foreign government you really don't have due process and I will say i would much rather companies especially u.s companies that are held to u.s laws um, that have, you know, like, uh, you know, financial like ramifications against them, I would much rather them be the ones who access this because it is in their best interest to not screw me over, to not actually mm-hmm. do this, which is evident by the fact that they are the ones fighting this. Like, let, let, let's think about that. It is not in their business interest to want to know what you're saying in a lot of cases or to want to pass that on to the cops. That is not like in their business interest. Also, I'm sorry, whose security do I trust more? I trust private companies. I don't trust the U.S. government's security for anything because they're incompetent at almost everything they do. Like not even an inch. So, so to me, this isn't one of those. And, and then you have people going, "Oh, well, what's the argument here? You know, maybe they could stop crime." Okay, for more than half our lives, Simone, we have literally been ha- had our civil liberties like taken away from us on the off chance that we could stop "quote unquote" terrorism, which has not ever been successful. When the biggest incident of terrorism that happened on our soil was actually intelligence actually knew about it. The Bush administration was just incompetent and they just didn't take it seriously. So yep. we've given up our civil liberties. We've allowed this, you know, and 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 also not that we allowed this to happen. This this happened to us. This was done to us. This was in many cases pushed through in secret courts and in and, and secret bills that were passed by lawmakers who, you know, in my opinion, violated what they were elected to do. Um, there's, there's, uh, uh, the, one of the, one of the FISA, um, uh, amendments is up for renewal right now. It'll get renewed. Um, no matter what talk there is about, um, you know, reform and this and that it's going to, it's going to get renewed. It, they always do. And, and again, this is a bipartisan thing. This is not a thing where you can point to one party is, is good and one is bad. I think the majority of Congress is complicit in this stuff. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's gross to me. Um, another person I was kind of arguing with or debating with wants to blame, like voters on this, I think that's completely unfair. If anything, to me, this makes a good case in some ways. And I'm not saying to do this because I don't actually agree with this, but I understand why people don't vote when stuff like yep. this happens. Like I I completely yeah. understand. You know what I mean? Like I completely understand. You're like, well, what's the point? You know? And and also to be clear, this is just a program that we know about. God only knows what the NSA is doing. You know that they probably have their own stuff, which they don't have to tell anybody about for anything. So yeah, I'm this this whole thing just makes me incredibly, incredibly angry and incredibly disappointed um, with our so-called political leaders. Yeah. And I will say, like, I, this is, I think, the kind of story that within our 
industry and the the people that care about this kind of thing, like obviously strikes a chord with a lot of people. It is, again, one of the ones that will be whether right or wrong, you know, it it will not get as much as much attention as any of the other gross injustices that are happening right now. Um, So, like, I I do think that there is a responsibility to like if you know enough about this to know why it's bad try to do what you can to put a little fear in the people that we have to vote for because we live in a quote-unquote two-party system where actually Mm -hmm. we're being held hostage to vote for the same party every year because that's normal um yeah, so that I mean, I, if I've taken anything away from the Henry Kissinger podcast that I listen to, it's that every politician should be made way more afraid uh, every day of their lives. No, uh, totally, totally, yeah. and 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 I think and also that, that it, Kissinger should have been like beaten in the street by people. Oh yeah, no Everyone. awful, yeah. awful human being in my opinion, right? Like like the no no. Like this has when, nothing uh, to do with notifications. No, I'm, I'm just, so I'm, sorry. No, I'm just gonna say like like when that push notification came in, like it was a good thing I wasn't allowed to tweet because I would have tweeted what a lot of other people did, <laughs> and uh, instead I texted it to people. But yeah, you know, I I, I wow, and you all know, those push notifications that you created being monitored by the U.S. government and its allies, its yeah, best friends. I was gonna say the U.S. government knows that I I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and and the Washington Post and. And and have CNN on the Apple News thing on my phone for some reason. Like they know all you those things. Filthy about me. liberal, you. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry to get spicy. Anyway, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. With Squarespace, for example, you can sell your products in an online store. Whether you're selling physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Also, your customers get flexible payment options. You can make checkout seamless for your customers with simple, yet powerful payment tools. Accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and you can offer customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. You'll also know what you need to grow your business with analytics. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which of these channels are most effective. Is it, It's not Twitter for Christina, unfortunately. She's getting unfortunately, no sales from there. She can't tweet. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or your most popular products and content. Uh, I have always very much enjoyed building a website on Squarespace. I was using it to sell books. I had a beautiful page where I could show the covers of my books and then link to a buy now button and then also pages with more detail about each title, including previews of text. It was my own little Amazon, um, which was super duper fun. Uh, and everything else that you would need to know uh, as an like a, about an author uh, lived on that website. So nice. I'm not selling books anymore, but the website 
obviously still there and beautiful uh, in the back end of my Squarespace account. You can check out squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash rocket and use the code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket when you decide to sign up and get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us here at Rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Now moving on to a brighter story. It is a huge mm-hmm. day for Android users and friends of Android users. An app called Beeper Mini from a company called Beeper will allow Android users to send encrypted blue iMessages. <gasps> In a blog post, it. Beeper explained how that it was able to reverse engineer the iMessage protocol and how it was able to do that. Uh, encrypting messages on the sender device, storing encryption keys on that phone, according to TechCrunch, and then connecting to Apple servers and passing it on to the recipient. That means that beloved and confusing for those of us who have tried to tap React to messages from Android users, uh, features such as tap reactions and threads can happen between the two different kinds of phone. Mm-hmm. However, Beeper Mini does not support uh, other features of iMessage, like, say, FaceTime calls, for example. That is not part of it. It's just good old-fashioned texting, high-res images, uh, things like that. This comes at a time, of course, when Apple faces increasing antitrust scrutiny in the EU, but also here in the United States, where no meaningful government actions are ever taken unless they infringe on our civil liberties. Earlier hmm. this year, an EU ruling led to Apple phasing out its proprietary lightning port, for example. Uh, the app costs one ninety nine a month. And Christina, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about uh, how this works. My yeah. take is just that I'm excited. I want to send this to every Android user I know, but that might be passive aggressive. I mean, I already did that to a couple of mine. And, and so my friend uh, Jeremiah tried it out and and he is annoyed that he has to use two apps to text now. So I'm like, yeah, welcome to the club. Like, that's that's how we feel. OK, but are we not all using like I mean, that's how WhatsApp, I Signal, iMessage, yes. Facebook Thank message. You. Like, we're already using four freaking apps to text. So get over it. I agree. It. I agree. Uh, thank you. That's that's my thought. And, and the idea. So sorry. It, I'm spicy idea, today. <laughs> no, you are. But I love it. No. And the idea with Beeper is to eventually just be that Omni app. So I have been a Beeper user for what is now known as Beeper Cloud basically wow. since it was first announced. Um, and in and, and that one, which is different from how they've reverse engineered this process. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But that project has existed for a number of years now. And the idea was like when I signed up for it, I want to say it was 2019, but it might have been 2020. All I know is I paid, I don't know, I think I paid $125. I don't remember what it was, but I have like a lifetime pass, I think as a, you know, like thing for that, whatever. Nice. Um, the idea is that you will be able to have like one interface on the web, on your phone, on your Mac or, or, or PC. Um, it doesn't have a web interface. Sorry about that. Um, to uh, basically access like your WhatsApp, your uh, like Twitter DMs, assuming Twitter still works for you, your iMessage, your you know um, uh, Signal, uh, you know your your like Telegram, all that stuff, and it has worked fairly well. It's not perfect. There have been some aspects of it that have been sort of annoying, but it's worked. And how it That's used cool. to work with how it used to work with iMessage, and and how most solutions that bring iMessage support to non-Apple platforms work is that they create, um, they have a, a, a virtual machine-based relay um, running on Mac OS, um, usually like in a cloud somewhere. You could also self-host it if you had like a, a, a Mac, you know, always plugged in or one just laying around that will basically 
act as a way to kind of monitor conversations that are sent back and forth and then act as a relay to send those things to the the um, the application they're using, in this case, Beeper. Um, and, and those have been solutions that people have been using for years now. And, and they work relatively well. Some, again, some features don't completely work, um, but, but it works better than not. Um, with this, but, but there are some problems with that. Like one, you have to sign in with your iCloud account. And again, unless you're self-hosting on machines that you control, that means you're entrusting that information to, you know, somebody else somewhere, like it's running on a cloud machine. Uh, nothing, the phone maker famously very, very briefly had their own nothing messenger app, which claimed to bring, you know, iMessage support to their platform. And then security researchers and other people immediately found out that it was completely unsafe and, and how Ugh. it was done. And so it was pulled like 12 hours, I think even less than that after it was released. And, and they'd made a really big PR push into it. I personally, I know, I know Eric, um, I, I Miss Givy, I, I can't say his last name. Anyway, I know Eric, the the founder of um, Beeper. He um, previously was the founder of, of Pebble, who was like, I think most oh. of us would, would admit like the original smartwatch, right? Yeah, cool. He's a great guy. I did not know and, that. And I did so, not put that together. <laughs> and so I I trust him. I'm not saying that you should trust him, but I do. That's why I was willing to put money up for it. That's why I've been willing to use the Beeper cloud service. But how Beeper Mini works um, is different. So a high schooler, yes, a high schooler, hmm. managed to reverse engineer how the iMessage protocol works. And he was able to do it in a very, very smart way. And so he put, he wrote a blog post kind of outlining um, his reverse engineering technique. And then he created a proof of concept app called PyPush that he put on um, GitHub um, that basically if, if you can run it yourself and you can like see, okay, I can look and see what the code is doing. I can monitor the traffic. And this is a way to essentially access Apple's um, uh, iMessage servers um, on a non-Apple device. And, mm-hmm. and it does this in a, in a few ways. One, it, it's basically kind of like creating um, either taking a reel or, or you know, um, uh, creating one that will be seen as real, like like an Apple serial number from like a legitimate Apple device and assigning it to your machine, which is not an Apple device. Um, and it's able to pass those, basically create like a, a secure kind of token system where it then shares those those tokens back and forth to Apple. Apple is like, yep, this belongs to you. Um, and and you can uh, message on this device. So it's a, it's a reverse engineering of the protocol. Uh, the, uh, the Beeper team saw this. They bought the project from this kid and they've worked with him to make it better. And then their implementation, which is not completely open source, although they have open sourced a lot of the things that they've done. Um, basically, this Android app, what it will do for you is when you sign up for it, you will register your phone number. Um, but you can optionally sign in with iCloud, but you don't have to. That's that's what I think is unique about this. Like you can just, as an Android user, especially if you've never used iPhone um, or I, iMessages before, you can just put your phone number in and it will basically register kind of a, um, I'm assuming it's going to create kind of a fake, or not fake, but it's going to create kind of a burner Apple ID mm. for you on the back end. Um, it's going to associate that with your phone um, and your Beeper account. It's going to take care of that stuff. And then um, the only thing that that you can't use of Apple's, because like all the everything is going through their encryption, everything is going through their servers. The only thing that's not are actually, interestingly enough, the push notification stuff. So they need to run their own relay for the the APN service, the Apple push notification service. So that's why this costs some money. Um, $2 a month of it is what the pricing of, of it is. It's basically like if you want to be able to get push notifications, um, and I'm not exactly sure how that works with the encryption and other stuff. I assume that it's following the same protocols that any 
push notifications from any app, follow. Um, but that that that's what um, Beeper is doing on their end. But it's an incredibly smart implementation. And um, Quinn Nelson, uh, friend of the pod, Snazzy Q, made a great video about this. He got the heads up about how this worked, and he talked to the the kid who reverse engineered this, and he talked to the the Beeper team. He has a really good video that we'll have linked in our show notes that I recommend you watching if you want to see how this works in a- action. And he also does a, a what I appreciated was he actually opened up the Python program. And, and Linux on the command line and like showed how the reverse engineering stuff worked. Um, as he explains, and, and I was kind of aware of this too, because there have been some methods over the years with people who have Hackintoshes where they've been able to convince Apple servers that their machines are legitimate, even when they're not. For Apple to combat this, it's not impossible, but it would take a lot of work on their part. And it would require making a lot of devices that are in active use that may not be under support, but are actually being used. It would require like removing iMessage support from those devices. So basically any device that doesn't have a secure enclave, which means any iPhone, I think before the iPhone 7 um, and and, in any um, uh, Mac before 2016 would not be able to use iMessage anymore. I don't think that's something that Apple's going to want to do. Um, at some point they might, but like this is the the, the way that this reverse Big engineering energy, I will say. <laughs> I mean, totally. I mean, the thing is, is like, look, not not to say they couldn't, but like there are also some reasons for their part where they might not want to. I also think, like, realistically, I think there's, I don't think this is any reason that anyone would opt not to buy an iPhone, right? Like, yeah. I think that that if you're an existing Android user and um, you can't be, you know, bothered to use a proper messenger like like Signal and whatnot, I think that this is going to be potentially for your blue bubble friends a really good solution because as my friend Jeremiah and I were able to send messages back and forth like I was getting blue bubbles from him we could exchange high quality you know photos and videos we could do the reaction thing like everything is exactly as it would be group chats alone correct and so but I have to say like I think that like the you're talking about maybe a few hundred thousand people who will be willing to pay $24 a year for this right so I don't so I I, I don't think that this is going to be as big of a like Apple's going to definitely shut this down overnight because it's such a threat thing. Right. Um, it would require them to do a lot of engineering work. And and I, I, I don't know how willing they are to do that. I, I, I don't know. Regardless, yeah. I love this because, again, this is like reverse engineering. Like, this is great. I Somebody was asking me. it's a kid who yes. did it. I think it's just so neat. Yeah, I agree. I, and it was funny. I said that same thing. I said, I think it's neat. And somebody was like, oh, you think violating terms of service violations are neat? And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I do, actually. I, I, was, I, was like, I, I, I was like, actually, yeah, I, I think reverse okay, engineering. bootlicker. Totally. I was like, yes, actually, I think reverse engineering any proprietary protocol is is neat. Yes, 1,000%. Like, like, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's that's what's great about this. And, and, uh, and I think the implementation is really smart. They're also being really transparent about you know, how their stuff works. They're inviting security um, auditors to research this stuff. Like, I, I think in terms of the solutions that I've seen to date, and I've I've seen and used a lot of them, this is one that is far and away the most unique. And, and I think it's pretty exciting. Um, it is interesting. Um, the EU, although they're going to come down on Apple for some other things, I think they're going to be safe on iMessage because businesses don't use iMessage enough in Europe. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, like, I, I I, I do see an aspect of this where maybe it's useful for Apple to just kind of turn a blind eye to this because yes. of the EU stuff. I also don't 
I, I would not have expected at all iMessage to be one of the things that the EU no. was looking at. I'm, I'm not aware if they were. I, correct me if if they were actually looking I at I it. I don't think they were, but I think some other companies' stuff has come into question. And and so yeah. it, it would open up, like, I'm also personally of the opinion, but of, the, of course, this is me as an American speaking. I'm, I'm, I mean, I was against the whole, like, legislation to force USB-C on people, right? Like, even if it's a good thing. We, we did think we that, did that that was silly. Um, but but I also think that in, in some of these cases, like the App Store thing, I mean, I'm of two minds of that. I think they're probably going to have to, you know, I think Apple is even conceding because there's even code in some of the beta iOS releases right now where there's basically like a sideloading option for the EU. It will only work in the EU, but like they're basically doing that. I, I can understand the arguments there. I really don't think I can understand the arguments for iMessage because, again, like, it's not as if you don't have any other way to message people. And it's not as if they're preventing people from communicating. They're just saying, if you want to use our service, you have to use our phone. I don't think that should be something to be litigated against. And I don't think you should force people to yeah. have to have like an open interoperable standard. Like, I think that's messed up. Like, is that better for everyone? Yes. But I don't think that should be like a requirement because if that were the case, then let's be completely candid here. We never would have had anything like WhatsApp to begin with because we all would have been forced to use SMS, which the cartels, and yes, I'll call them out, which are the, wire, <laughs> the international wireless companies, all like schemed together to do and were charging ridiculous fees for. The whole reason WhatsApp took off was that people who lived in other countries could text their family members without paying 25, 30 cents a message. Um, and, and so just because it was free for us in the U.S. doesn't mean it was free for everyone and certainly doesn't mean it was free internationally. So, I mean, to this day, I think there's still international texting charges uh, on, on on some plans. So uh, legislating that stuff, I think, is bad because that's how we would all be forced to stay on SMS forever. So yeah. I, I'm completely the against that. The future that we don't want. <laughs> right, right. But I do think things like this, you know, if somebody can reverse engineer it and, and can continue to do it, like, that's going to effectively, I think, maybe, like, lessen maybe the hold that some people have like about having, you know, like again, like messy group chats. Cause I'm yeah. sorry, Android users, you, you, you ruin the group chat. You do. And, yep. and, and, and we do all dread that one group chat that is, you know, an SMS chat. Like we all dread it because we hate it. And, and we really like, we love the person who's in it, but we really like, we dread that group chat. And I'm in at time, least one group chat that has uh, one half of a couple in it because the wife has an iPhone. The husband does not. So she is the one who's in the group chat yeah. as a representative of both of them. Which I think is fair. And and I think I'm I'm in several group chats that then have a secondary group chat of all of us who are iPhone users without the Android people. And it's not like we're wanting to exclude them. It's just it's really hard to communicate. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Maybe RCS um, will make that better. I don't know. You know, but like, uh, I'm 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 happy about I'm happy about uh, Beeper Mini. Um, yes, I, we are I, we are excited good. for all of you. Hey, can I tell you about how this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Hello? Yes. Heck yeah! I'm so excited. <laughs> have you ever tried a buckwheat pillow? Because I have now. They're totally different than the fluffy soft pillows that most of us are used to. It supports your head and neck how you want it to, unlike traditional squishy. Soft pillows, which collapse under the weight of your head. Soft pillows allow your neck to fall into a downward bend, adding uncomfortable pressure to muscles, nerves, and discs. This is something that I became aware of when I received, uh, thank you, hello, for sending it to me, my buckwheat pillow in the mail. <laughs> 
the other day. Yeah, I got mine too. Um, I got I got mine yesterday. It's like a, a weighted blanket, but in pillow form. It freaking rules. So yes, okay. So I, I've slept on it now. Basically, it is full of these holes of buckwheat. It has a much, much stiffer consistency, but it doesn't, like, when I'm lying on it, it doesn't feel like it's full of a bunch of, like, individual little things. It, it feels like a solid pillow. Um, you squoosh it together into, you know, a, a mound, and then you lay your head in it, and then your head creates the shape that your head and neck and shoulders need to be lying on the pillow. Um, and I was just, I was super aware of it because over the last few weeks, I have had like a really sore left side of my neck. And then also like, I am trying to fix my posture and increasingly aware that I have this horrible combination of being a tall person who is constantly like craning my neck down to Mm -hmm. see things. And also a person who sits and looks at a screen all day. So I have that like tech neck in a major way um like you know where you're just like your head is jutting forward all the time um and i'm very aware of that so i've been trying to sleep in a position where like my neck is straight you know i either on my back or if i'm on my side because i love to sleep on my side where my neck is not you know craning forward because i do that even when i'm sleeping and having a pillow that is so sturdy keeps me from just naturally like bleh, blooping my head forward. Uh, so it was super nice. I was able to just fall asleep on it just like I normally do. Um, keeping my neck in one place. And I really liked it. Um, and also I'm leaning against it right now. And <laughs> I have not needed to adjust my posture uh, at all during this recording, which is awesome because it doesn't like it's not collapsing like an yeah. ordinary pillow would. No, yeah. I've, I've had I've had a similar thing. Like I, I really like I I've I've gone back and forth between some memory foam pillow, some memory foam pillows, and I've had some that are like more like like um uh, hypoallergenic, like like feather filled and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I kind of run into the same thing where I have a so I have scoliosis, in both the top and the bottom of my, of, of my um back. Um, and at the top, it's really close to my neck, and so like I do actually need more support, and and so I really like how I, I've only had one night with it, but I, I really like it um, so far. And I'm looking forward to to giving it more um, uh, testing. And uh, I, I didn't know how I would feel about it. I was like, oh, will this be comfortable? No, it really is. But also to your point, like it gives like that kind of support that like is important if you're trying to improve your posture or, you know, not have like scoliosis. neck issues. Isn't it exactly yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say. Not have like massive back issues. Yeah. Yeah. Hello stays cool and dry. While most pillows absorb and retain body heat and moisture, making your pillow feel warm and humid. Buckwheat tends to breathe better, so no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. If you use two pillows or fold your pillow in an attempt for proper support, that is a sign that your pillow isn't firm or thick enough. Hello support allows you to keep your head and neck where you want them. You can even add or remove the fill from the zippered opening so that you can adjust the pillow's thickness to your liking. Did, sorry, Christina, did you end up doing that at all or are you just rocking uh, with this, the filling it came with? I'm just rocking the filling that it, that it came so, with. So am I currently. Uh, people have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for centuries and are popular in Japan to this day. You might also see them on the pillow menu at fancy hotels. Buckwheat is a more natural way to sleep, better than a sack of plucked bird feathers or a petroleum-based 
foam. And Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States. People love this pillow, which you'll see in their customer reviews. Rocket listeners, you can sleep on it for 60 nights. And if Hello isn't for you, just ship it back and they'll give you a refund. Go to hellopillow.com slash rocket. That is H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W dot com slash rocket. And if you try more than one pillow, you'll get a discount of up to $20 per pillow, depending on the size. Get fast, free shipping on every order, and 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. And why not give the gift of better sleep? Hello is a unique gift that your family and friends will appreciate every night. HelloPillow.com slash Rocket to try it for 60 days. Our thanks to Hello for their support of this show and Relay FM. Thank you. It's awesome. So glad. All right, let's talk about the Fallout TV show, which just had its first teaser trailer, or actually full trailer, released. Uh, this is an Amazon Prime series coming from Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, uh, of course, creators of Westworld. Um, it is uh, expensive looking. Uh, it looks good. I Okay, I'm so are you a fan of the Fallout games? I can't remember. We've talked about this before. Not particularly, not okay. from any like dislike, just a general, uh, what's some ambivalence. Okay. So like uh, Fallout 76 or whatever, like that doesn't count. But but Fallout's one through four are some of my favorite games ever, especially two, three, and four. So um, when we first talked about this, I remember when, the, when this was first like greenlit, like I was hopeful, but also a little bit worried. I was like, are they mm-hmm. going to mess one this up? One would be. Um, and, and so... So far, I'm hopeful. I think the trailer looks good. I think they got the right humor mix and in, in the kind of the weird mix that the the game has. Um, I appreciated that it said, you know, brought to you by, you know, um, uh, the you know the people behind who brought you, you know, like free shipping with an asterisk or two day shipping with an asterisk and 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 the and the boys. Yeah, that that was quite funny. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And um, I want to I, I, I so I enjoyed that um, the, the cast looks really good. The 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 super hot girl from the first season of Yellow Jackets is the protagonist. So I was like. Happy to see her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle McLaughlin is in it. Um, I can't think of some of the other actors, but like the the it looks it looks expensive, as you said, like they definitely have not messed around on that, which given the fact that like this, I'm not sure when this was originally supposed to premiere. Um, if it was supposed to premiere before or after like the, the writer strike stuff, um, if they moved the date around rather because of that, but I'm glad this was greenlit like before, um, all the, the streamers started to cut their budgets. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. It looks like it has those, you know, it has very high quality, at least from this trailer, special effects. Yes. Um, in, in the way that still feels baffling to me when I look at a TV show and I'm like, why do you look so expensive? Um, same with like, uh, what was the HBO show raised by wolves? Yeah. It was just like the Ridley Scott's it was Ridley Scott show. Of course it is. Um, but tonally like, yeah, I found it very in line with like what I've experienced at the fallout series with that kind of like tongue in cheek. And then the music coming in, uh, the like, you know, the diegetic, not diegetic, but like period appropriate music. Um, I hope that that 
it's retain. I Fallout feels to me like a good series to do um, in the opposite way that Last of Us was a good series to do as a TV show. Because like Last right. of Us, it's it is a movie that is a video game. It is so narrative. Fallout is good because it is a world that contains the seeds for so many different kinds of stories. Right. Um, so a- any of the, I think, shortcomings that you might find if you're taking something directly from a game kind of fall away yes. because you can just say, okay, who are the characters? Here is this like yeah, all this world building that we can put characters that we are designing into and a story that is made for television. Um, so I, I think that's one reason to be more optimistic about it compared I, I to other game adaptations. Yeah, no, I would agree with that, right? And I think that you even see that, like with you know the the, the trailer, um, is, is that they've like created you know this this protagonist. They've created these characters that are not based on anything. Like The Last of Us, which I think is phenomenal. Like that is a, a very clear narrative structure, and they've obviously been able to to go some different places with that than than you would do with just you know what was in the game. But they are still limited, right? Like, if they want to follow that formula. And as with any adaptation, like, there are pros and minuses of, of how far off field you go, right? Like, in, in some ways, you can make it, I think, better than the original. And then in some cases, you have, like, a Game of Thrones situation where you start yeah. out really strong and then you wind up in a really messed up place because maybe your source <laughs> material wasn't ready, right? So, uh, you know, to catch up and, and you didn't feel strong enough in your own convictions um, to, to maybe match what was being created. So I, I do feel like this is good for them in that same level like like you said like they can take the world and the in in the ambiance and the aesthetic but they don't have to worry so much about like recreating all the story beats because that's not why you play fallout mm-hmm. which is not to say that like people enjoy the fallout games for their story but right to, uh, to take on the task of adapting a game that doesn't have that has a a, a player designed protagonist i think is right. a huge a, a hugely different challenge from Something like The Last of Us. Exactly. I was going to say, I don't know if you can do that, right? Like, because it is so player designed, right? Like, I don't really think you can. Like, I think that that's one of those things where you have to create your own and you have to go from there and then we'll just see. But I mean, I I really enjoyed Westworld. I don't think the fourth season was as as strong. You know, obviously, I think the first season was its strongest. But um, uh, like, I I enjoyed Westworld. Uh, I'm sad that that was was canceled and that then it was removed off of off of Max. Although I think that it's available on Roku or something now, I'm not sure. I totally missed that. That's crazy. They yeah, removed they removed it from Max. Yeah, yeah, because oh they could make God. they could make more Tax money. Write-off. No, they could make more money licensing it oh, other places. Oh, that's okay. That is actually smart. It um, is, except that it's right. like it's being licensed to like Roku. Yeah, so it's like an ad supported thing. Which <laughs> I'm sorry, that's which is an anathema to an HBO project, right? Which like yeah, HBO's whole I, thing. I, is, I mean, yeah, begs the question of who was willing to to pay for Westworld, given I think how how its decline in oh uh, yeah reputation went. <laughs> oh yeah, well right. Well, we, they didn't pay very much. They just were willing to pay more than it cost for them to keep it on their servers. Yeah. So uh, I bought it though Funny. for like. 20 bucks off of uh, all four seasons off of iTunes. So I, I recommend people do that if any show you like. But no, but I'm hopeful that this will be, you know, I think I've I've had a pretty positive experience of most of the Amazon originals. This is going to be kind of new, you know, territory for them um, in terms of doing a video game adaptation because, you know, some work really well, like Last of Us. Some don't work as well, like who, um, like, like Halo. So, uh, yeah. you know, like, which is getting a second season somehow. So I'm, um, I'm, 
I'm I'm optimistic. Like I said, I think the casting looks good. The aesthetic looked really good. Um, I, the, the the music that was chosen, like I was really excited. That that's what I'll say. Like I, I think the day before the trailer dropped, uh, Vanity Fair got some like exclusive photos, and I was like, I was like, bet. I was like, all right, all right, let's go. But then the then the the trailer dropped, and I was like, okay, this yeah. is one of my favorite game series. I'm still a little worried that they will ruin it. But at the same time, I also feel like the production team that they got for this is probably as good of a team you could get for this type of project. Yeah, yeah. Feels big budget. Feels feels fancy. Feels good. So that is our show for this week. Christina, what are you doing this week? Well, I um, last week I took a train trip to Portland um, very unexpectedly so that I could pick up my new laptop. So um, I'm uh, I'm loving the new laptop, by the way, the 14 inch um, uh, M3 Max with 128 gigs of RAM, uh, which is just excessive Yay. on every level. Wait, does it have a name yet? No. Okay. So I need God. this. So listeners, listeners, help me out here. So I always like to name my, maybe I should name it for Fallout characters. Hmm. I, I don't know. I always, I like to name my things after media. Um, so my last laptop, the whole theme was was uh, succession. So like the 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 you know main drive was was uh, was like Waystar Royco and like I had partitions that were like you know like Kendall and 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 Shiv and and Connor and um, Roman and 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 Logan etc. I don't know what to name this one. Euphoria won't be back for another year, so I'm in like a weird spot where I'm like, okay, what 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 can I name this after? So I, I would like suggestions now. Do you have any thoughts, Simone? On like. What I, I should have name this. not had a single thought. And you asked me days and days ago what I would name it. And I have got nothing for you still. Okay. It's not good. What? I mean, hmm. What if you named it after a character from Billions? I mean, you know what? Honestly, honestly, yeah. considering how much I spent on the laptop, I kind of don't hate that idea. Yeah. That would kind of fit. Name it after your favorite train system, your favorite train line. Um, I, yes, listeners, please don't tweet at Christina. I mean, you can. She you won't can. be able to reply to you. I won't be able um, to reply to you. Um, do do tweet at, at at Twitter support and at uh, at at premium or whatever to you know free film girl state her free yes, her yeah, free me. Um, but you can also you can contact me. Uh, I know we don't do like where to follow us and whatnot, but I, but I will actually preemptively say this now. Yeah, like, yeah, you can it's me, a good uh, film underscore girl at mastodon.social and uh, film underscore girl on threads. I am on blue sky. I'm just not as active there. And I'm also film underscore girl at bsky.social or whatever that is. So yeah. Heck yeah. A justified reason to take time reading your social media handles at the end of Thank the show. Thank you very much. Uh, I, this week, my big activity of the week, because I just put out a video last week, is that we are watching the Game Awards this Thursday. And as always, we are streaming it at Twitch, uh, at Polygon's Twitch channel. Um, So so I think starting 7.30. Oh, God. Um, And I don't know if that is. Hang on. The Game Awards airtime East Coast. Please tell me I'm right about it being E.T. Thank God, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I had this moment of fear where I was like, tell me it's not Pacific. It's not. Um, (laughs) We'll be streaming at Twitch's, uh, wow, Polygon's Twitch page. Uh, We'll be doing our regular, like, red carpet interviews and watching the show and talking over the show, uh, watching the trailers, yelling about the news It'll be a good time. Tune in if you got time, uh, because that is my main project of the week. Also, a brief shout out here at the end of the show to YouTuber H Bomber Guy. Yes. Harris. He just put out this. The most amazing video. 
a re- yeah, a really another four hour banger. <laughs> he loves to do it. He can't stop doing it. Um, uh, this video, uh, to be fair, it's only three hours and fifty one minutes. Um, <laughs> It's about plagiarism and YouTube, and if you know uh, H-Bomber Guy's videos, so the long runtime, if you're not familiar with him, might be like a, ugh. He is such a compelling performer and speaker, and I have previously been sucked into his videos. He did another four-hour one on the Deus Ex, on Deus Ex Revolution, specifically, uh, like, famously behated game, um... And I've never played that game. I haven't played any other Deus Ex games. It it was, I was sucked in. It's so compelling. And similarly, like this one, I think because we all do use YouTube and are vaguely aware of, of things that happen there, this one discusses uh, the ways in which like the YouTube content mill can uplift and incentivize people to just rip each other off and rip off articles and books and things. And then of course there is the, crux the twist of the video which i'm gonna spoil because it's a freaking youtube video uh which is that it it becomes a detailed takedown of a specific youtuber who is so bad so bad wow wow i had never seen this guy's videos before i hadn't either i had either so bad no what i loved about this is that it starts out and it's all the plagiarism stories we know and it, including Illuminati, who I believe you guys talked about on an episode that I was not on. And then it goes into this other yarn, which is so awful. And I'm like, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's just, it's, um, but it, but it's also an indictment of, again, like you said, kind of like the, the industry and the model, um, of, of that, you know, YouTube frankly allows to happen. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, these are things that, that I've thought a lot about. I'm sure you've thought a lot about them too, as a, as a video creator, but like, I'm, because I'm a writer first and foremost, like I take plagiarism very seriously. And I'm always like, if I even copy some language from like a blog post of the company I work at and I don't sufficiently change it enough in my script for my news recap, I mm. like make a point to be like, I'm just going to quote from the article right now, right? Like yeah. I, I can't not do that. And like literally no one would care. And I feel like that's one of the rare situations where it might even be kind of like, not like, like it'd be like completely innocuous. So it, it's, it's so um, interesting to me just to see how many people don't do that or care about it and how egregious it can be and how much money people can make off of it. Yeah. And how, how people can be okay with putting out the lazy yes. content. Uh, we, we could have made this a whole topic, we could but have. we chose not to, which is why I'm going to stop now. That link yep. is in the show notes. It's Watch a great it. it's video. Great. Very enjoyable. Um, and now we are going to retreat and speak only to our boosties, our booster subscribers who uh, pay for an ad-free show and a yep. bonus segment every week. If you are interested in learning how you can hear Christina and I continue to talk about the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer, you can go to Relay.fm slash membership, learn how you can support this show and other shows on the Relay Network which is amazing. It is our home. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. 